Welcome to the Red Caps Podcast, a podcast where we dip our caps into the blood of our listeners and we ramble on about old school games. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about a little bit of an adventure scenario I've had rolling around inside my head. It's a fantasy adventure that came to me from a science fiction book that I didn't read but instead listened to. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Think of this as like one part mini novel recommendation and one part me brainstorming and just verbalizing out some ideas I have for a potential adventure and seeing if it sounds really silly when I say it out loud as opposed to what I was just thinking it in my head. As you know, no mortal can run a red cap. So as always, I hope you can sit back, listen, and enjoy. So first up, what is the book that kicked off all of this in my head? Uh, the book is called Earthside. It was written by Dennis E. Taylor, and I listened to the audiobook version because I like audiobooks more than reading, it seems lately, uh, and it was narrated by Ray Porter, who is by far my favorite narrator of all audiobooks. Ray Porter could pick up a telephone book um, and read it to me and I would be entertained. Earthside is the second book in a series of books. The first one was called Outland. And the basic premise of both of these books is that uh, in some place, I forget what area they're in, doesn't matter. They're somewhere in the, in the United States and they're college kids and they have come up with a technology that lets them open up portals to another universe, another multiverse, a alternate earth. The alternate earth is geographically the exact same as the one that they're in, but there has been some massive divergence in the timeline at some point along the way uh, that makes that earth dramatically different than the one that they are currently living in. Uh, in their case, there is no civilization there. It seems like human civilization just never sprung up. So they're in a wild world of, you know, just nature on the other side of that portal, uh, but in the same geographic area that they are in the real world. So wherever they open up the portal in one, they are in that exact same location if they cross that portal into the other. So that's the basic premise of it. Um, the There is a inciting incident that causes the group have to have to gather up a huge number of the members of their university town and escape Earth Prime and try to settle on this new outland earth, the, uh, the wild untamed earth. And then over the course of the, of the two books, you have a whole series of things where they are trying to figure out how to survive, how to set up, you know, basic government, how to secure themselves. Um, there's a bunch of interpersonal drama and there's a constant going back and forth between earth prime and, and outland and trying to gather resources, um, you know, going in and trying to, raid out a local mall type idea so they can bring back certain things that they need to survive in, in Outland. So not incredibly unique scenario. I've, I've heard this sort of thing elsewhere, but it was executed really well in these books and I really enjoyed it. So as I was reading them and I got through to the end of, of the, of Earthside, the second book in the series, I was laying in bed and I went, this could work for a D and D adventure. And so I'm going to kind of throw out what I think uh, my idea is I haven't fully fleshed this out. I haven't written anything down other than some, some brief, brief notes. And I'm verbalizing this out to kind of get your guys' feedback. And also just so I hear myself say it. And if it sounds ridiculous, then I won't do it. <laughs> you may never hear this episode. If it doesn't sound totally ridiculous, uh, we'll see how things go. So here is my pitch. There is a wizard and he has developed an ability to create a portal to another world. Um, it's the exact same world as kind of what is described in the book. It's a, a duplicate geographically, but there's no civilization there. Now for the wizard, 
this isn't super interesting because it's super dangerous on that other side of, of the portal and there's no people. So there's nobody from him to learn from. There's no books. There's nothing like that. So at first he doesn't really do anything with this. But then he realizes that there has been artifacts or you know, natural things from his world that have gone missing. Uh, and specifically nearby from where he's at, there was a mine, an, an ancient eons old dwarvish mine where they had dug up this crazy crystal, a MacGuffin, whatever this crystal might be. Um, and it's been lost to time. Nobody knows where it's at, but apparently it had great magical properties. So he figures, well, the worlds are the same. Why not portal over to, you know, untamed world and dig into the same mine and find that crystal again? Greetings, fellow adventurers. Are you ready to conquer your most fearsome foe of them all? I'm talking, of course, about those wild and unruly nose hairs. But fear not, Manscaped's Weed Whacker Nose Hair Trimmer is here for you. It's like a magic wand for your nostrils. It has precision blades, a comfortable grip, and with it, you'll be able to clear out those nose dungeons in no time. So grab the Weed Whacker from Manscaped.com and use the promo code REDCAP for 20% off and free shipping. Your nostrils will thank you. So gather the party, roll initiative, and get ready to defeat those nose hairs once and for all. Just remember to use promo code REDCAP and get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. So he does that. Now, he obviously is not going to be the person that mines. He has to hire some folks to come and do that. Um, and so he hires miners, and this starts to raise some eyebrows over time. You know, why is this wizard going and hiring miners to come to some eons-old dwarvish mine that has long since been depleted? Um, how are the workers coming back flush with gold? And most importantly to whomever is ruling over this area, how come they have not gotten their cut of it? So I figured that the guard would come knocking. Um, and while they can't figure out how, and the wizard's not going to tell how this wizard got the gold and everything else that he's got, he clearly has some. And he also, funny enough, has in his possession this really rare crystal that has been lost for eons. So the guards seize it all. Uh, they also arrest the wizard and give him new accommodations in the local jail for a month or two for tax evasion um, and basically take all his stuff to a very secure vault and lock it up there. While the wizard is in jail, he's going to meet a thief and a fighting man. Let's call them the party, um, who are also due to get out of jail in a, in a short amount of time, and they strike up some sort of a loose friendship. When the fighter and thief finally get out of jail, the wizard calls upon them um, for a quest or a opportunity that would be profitable, and he explains everything that had happened previously about how he got into jail, how the portals work, um, the, the crystal that he's looking for, and that there's no reasonable way because of how secure of how high level this vault is for anybody to break in from their current world. But perhaps the adventuring party could break in from uh, the alternate world. And he gives them a wand and this wand will you know, allow a portal to be opened anywhere from the size of a coin to the size of a man. And it'll stay open for uh, one turn. So 10 minutes and it, um, and it has 10 charges, let's say, uh, a limited number of charges on, on said wand. This keeps the players from being able to have this power forever. This world will eventually be lost to them, but they've got some time to, uh, to explore in it. And so he asks them to travel to the same place in, you know, untamed world where the vault is, open up a portal so they can break into the vault um, that way, steal what they need, get back, 
and you know it's a really good heist. The catch, like I said, Earth Two has no civilization. Excuse me, has no civilization and has tons of other dangers as well. It's got dinos. It's got monsters the world has never seen before. There's untamed wilderness. There's a wandering monster table that would just you know make you make sure you wore your brown pants that day. And like I said, the wizard wants no part of exploring that world. So that would be kind of the setup. You're getting a heist adventure, but one with some serious wilderness adventure and travel in it and all mixed up and inspired by a sci-fi fantasy audiobook. <laughs> so like I said, I'm still brainstorming these things through, but that's kind of the general idea. And I have a couple questions for you guys. Does this sound like a compelling adventure that you could play over a few sessions? Um, what sort of like lost world type trope should be included or, you know, uh, heist movie type tropes? What, what would be good things to throw in here? You think uh, to kind of subvert some expectations and keep things funny and interesting. Um, if I actually get this written out, do any of you feel like you would want to join a play test? And how often do you get fantasy adventure ideas like this from someplace that's a, either a completely different genre or a completely different medium? Um, reach out to me, leave me a voice message. There are all links to tons of different ways that you can do that down in the description of the podcast or on the website. And yeah, I just really like to hear what you guys think of that idea. Speaking of some voice messages, I got one from Shay over at Roleplay Rescue recently, and I thought I would share it with you. So Shay, take it away. It's Shay from Roleplay Rescue. Just a quick message to say thank you very much for the interviews recently, especially with John from Tale of the Manticore. I always love hearing him. It's fantastic you got him onto the show, and yeah, his stuff's awesome. Wanted to mention that there's another similar podcast on style, uh, inspired by John Riddy, um, by Simon Williams, called The Legend of the Bones, which everybody should absolutely check out. And I think it's uh, it's kind of up there. It's really, really good. Um, I just wanted to make sure people were aware of that. And uh, otherwise, thank you. And um, I just didn't know whether anyone you guys knew, but uh, Tana Pigeon's Mythic, she's just put out a second edition of that after, what has it been, 20 years? No, maybe longer. 30 years? No, 20 years, 20 years. Um, I think the original is coming in 2003. So it's, uh, anyway, second edition of that uh, on drive through I think, via Wordmill Games, anyway, that's the company. And it's, uh, you know, got some new stuff and bits and pieces and some sort of, you know, it's making it slicker. It's a very good product for solo game, anyway. I just wanted to make sure that that was mentioned as well. So I hope you're well. Uh, thanks ever so much for all you're doing, and game on. Thanks, Jay. I will definitely check out that podcast. And yes, the new version of Mythic is really cool. I picked up a copy of it. It's currently only available in PDF. Um, but it's a really cool product and I've been reading through it and that kind of also fed into the idea that I was just talking about here because I was debating whether I would do that as a solo play, um, just kind of flesh out some ideas and have some randomness built into how it's all designed. So play it as a, as a solo play, uh, using mythic and some other tables and kind of flesh out what the whole thing would look like, uh, via playing through it. Uh, in a solo manner. So I may do that. Um, I'll include links to both legends of Bo uh, sorry, the legend of bones and the mythic uh, game master emulator emulation system, second edition, um, both very cool. The second edition one, the, if you've used mythic before from what I'm told, cause I haven't really read mythic the first edition previously, but I'm told it's largely kept the same, just kind of cleaned up. And a lot of the optional rules that were scattered through different areas, all brought into one book. The one thing I really like about the the second edition book is at the very end, all the tables are all listed out 
in a way that you could easily just print off the, the, the tables all by themselves in a very clean format. So it was really smart the way that was done. Um, and the overall uh, process of it is a lot easier than what I thought Mythic was. I think I had a a skewed idea of how Mythic worked. I thought it was a whole lot of bookkeeping and kind of bounced off of first edition. Um, having read through second edition and heard some other people talking about it, uh, I no longer have that worry. I think Mythic could be very, very useful. So yeah, check out all those things. And that is what I've got for this episode of the podcast. So thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed, you learned something that you were eager to come back for more www.theredcaps.net has all the links to all the ways to contact me and I would love to hear from you. Thank you ever so much for listening. And remember, never let your cap dry out. Stay safe, have fun. We'll talk again soon.